You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. You know, for these last five weeks, and, and today being week six, we've been in a powerful series called Missing Peace. How many people have gotten something from this series? Would you just clap and let God know that you've got something from this? For those of you that need to catch up, all of the weeks are on our podcast. If you don't subscribe, we encourage you to do so. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Pursuit Church SA. Get in there and get those uh, series. Man, it's, it's been powerful. It's been so powerful. And today, and, and this whole series has been about mental health. About mental health. Just a quick review. In week one, we started by busting a few myths right off the bat. Number one, the myth that Christians shouldn't have to deal with mental health. Not true. You guys know that. Then the other thing, there's a perception that maybe God doesn't care about your mental health. He cares about your mental health. We busted those things right off the bat. In week two, we talked about anxiety and how prayer and praise are some of the best answers for our anxiety. In week three, man, Pastor Karen, whoo. Brought a powerful word about depression and a spirit of heaviness. And what we learned there is that our emotions are valid. Your emotions are valid, but they're not permanent. And we also learned that although a situation may seem hopeless, there is always hope with God. Always. And then in week four, we learned about negative thinking, how to take our negative thoughts and get them in alignment with what God says, right? Power of taking our negative thoughts, what to do with them, how to handle them. And then last week, we learned about trauma. And what we learned about trauma is that we need to acknowledge it. We need to process it. We need to take it to God. And then finally, we need to let God show us the purpose in that trauma. Man, we learned that last week. So here in week six, our final week of Missing Peace, I'd like to spend just a few minutes about talking with you about beating burnout. Anybody need this sermon today besides me? Beating burnout? Woohoo. Man, this is a powerful one. You know, anyone here feel like sometimes just the weight of the world literally is kind of on you? You have all these things, these pressures, these demands, and it just seems like almost a crushing weight right? A crushing weight. And you're not really sure how to keep it all together, right? You're not really sure how, to, how do I manage all this stuff? How, does, how do I handle it? You know, this is what mental health experts give as the definition of burnout. They say this, burnout is a combination of mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion from varied sources and situations. So that's kind of our working definition of what burnout looks like. Simply put, What it means is this, burnout results from our inability to deal with competing demands. Let me say that again. Burnout results from our inability to deal with competing demands. That's what's going on. What are some of those demands? Hey, bills, kids' activities, work demands. Maybe you're dealing with some health issues yourself. Maybe you're taking care of of an aging parent. Hey, there's a lot of demands on our time. 
We also have, you know, church responsibilities, right? And we want to serve God's house. Hey, that's, that's something we can sometimes feel guilty, right? We're kind of managing. How do we manage all those things? How do we deal with all those things? My friends, burnout is a real, real issue. It's a real mental health issue. What I want to do first is spend a few minutes talking about some things that kind of can lead us to burnout. So we kind of understand maybe some of the warning signs, what's coming or you know, kind of triggers almost. And then what do we do about it? Right? How, how do we handle burnout or how do we avoid burnout? Right? So first, let's, let, let's get into, uh, you know, what are, what are some things that can lead to burnout? Number one. We literally can run ourselves into the ground. Anybody ever been there? I mean, we're on, you know, you guys have seen the old analogy of the hamster wheel. We're just on it. We're running. We're running. We're running. But you ever experienced that besides me? Well, that's the first thing. That, that's the first way we can start toward burnout is getting on that hamster wheel and just staying there, right? But let's face it. We got bills to pay. So, so you know, some people work extra hours. Some people get a second job. And then we've got kids that are in, those of you that are parents, we've got kids that are in all these different activities, right? Let me just stop just for a minute and address just the, the, the parents for a minute here because I want to help you a little bit with this, okay? Karen and I have eight kids between us, done, done, done a little bit of this, made some mistakes, made some, you know, some good decisions, bad decisions. Let me, let me just say this to you parents out there. Raising your child... To follow God is the most important role you have as a parent. Come on. It is the most important role you have as a parent. This is what it says in Proverbs 22.6. says that parents ought to train up their children in the way that they should go. And that's the way of God. And when they're old. mm, That's interesting. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Does that mean between the time of young and old, there may be some, yeah, maybe. Did you have some in your life? Yeah, I did too. But here's the thing. That's your number one responsibility as a parent. These other things, I'm not downplaying them. You know, hey, it's great to be involved in activities, but we need to keep first things first, right? Now, what does that mean? Basically, it means, yeah, you need to feed them, clothe them. Give them shelter? Absolutely. That's, that's part of your responsibility as a parent. Give them the best education you can. Uh, make sure they're emotionally healthy, right? But it also means that we actually train them to love and obey God. Let me tell you what. The most important measure of your success as a parent, and it's not about success or failure, but, but it's an indication when all is said and done that you want God's name written on their hearts more than you want a trophy on a shelf. That's your goal as a parent. You want God's name, his influence, who he is written. That's what God said. I'm going to write. God said, I'm going to write my name on the hearts of my people. That's your number one goal as, as a parent. Number one goal as a parent. Now, there's other things. Those of you that aren't parents, let's, let's talk about a, a few other things. Pressure points that can lead us to burnout. Thinking that you have to do everything that comes your way, right? Every event you're invited to, you go. Every, everything that comes across your plate, you want to say yes to, right? 
Maybe it's because you have FOMO, right? You want to miss out, right? Oh, if I'm not there, man, I'm not going to have, okay? Or maybe it's because you don't want to disappoint somebody or hurt their feelings. Understand, understand. I heard this a long time ago and, you know, it brought to my memory when I was preparing this message. The world says win at everything, and I'm telling you that's not possible. I'm telling you it's not possible to win at everything in life, nor should you want to. And the reason is what you want to win at are the most important things. Your spouse, if you have one, obviously your relationship with God first, your spouse, your family, your children. We have a mentality that says we want to have it all. Mm -mm. Having it all means you have Jesus. That's actually all you really need, okay, if we're being honest. But remember, our culture, especially here in America, is about having it all. I want it all. I want to, want to be able to be a mom and a work and a this and that and a dad. And I want to, you know, do 58 million things. You cannot have it all. And I'm going to say, nor should you want to. Because if having it all costs you to miss what's most important, then you really haven't succeeded at all. The word says... What profit a man if he gains the whole world and what? Loses his soul. Your soul is the most important thing to God. Your soul, not your success that's measured the way we want to measure it. Your soul is what matters to God. So here's the thing. Maybe if you really start examining your routines, what you're involved in, you may find you're spending your time on a lot of things that are either trying to meet someone else's expectation or things in the long run that don't have an eternal impact. So think about that. Think about that because that could put you on the road to burnout when you're trying, literally, you're trying to have it all. Trying to have it all. Now, the second thing that can lead to burnout is we want to, or we believe that we're in this alone, that we have to do it all ourselves, right? We have to do it all. Let me tell you what Galatians 6, 2 says. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, we're in relationship with each other for a reason. God never intended you to be the lone wolf, (laughs) to live on an island. That is not how God created you. It's not how he created me. He created us to be in relationship with him and in community with one another. And we are in risk of burnout when we isolate ourselves, when we feel, oh, it's just me. I got to do it all. It's just me. That's a warning sign. We need each other. We need each other in church. That's that's a huge reason. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. That's a huge reason why the church exists is so we can live out this life in community. Romans chapter 12 talks about we're all one body but different parts of the body. That's what it's trying to communicate. We're one in Christ, but we need each other. So don't isolate yourself. Don't go to lunch with a friend. Find somebody from church to hang out with. Whatever that looks like, you, you, you need to be able to stay in that community. Don't isolate yourself. And the third thing I think that sometimes can cause burnout is just negative thinking. You know, Pastor Petey talked about that in week four of our series. But when we, 
you magnify what you focus on, right? You and I magnify what we focus on. So if we're focused on the negative, that's a real easy road to burnout, right? How you think your perspective of things makes a difference. Whether you say to yourself, I have to do this or I get to do this. Big difference. Huge difference. How many, how many of you said in this room, you don't have to raise your hand besides me, oh, I have to go do this today? Besides me? Come on. It's huge. Your perspective matters in your mental health. How you view things is huge. And within that, one, one last thing to guard against in terms of burnout is comparison, Right? Oh, man, Facebook, Instagram, life just looks great. I wish I could be that. I wish I could have that. Well, what does that do for your mental health? Right? What it starts to do is to put you in a position where you're comparing yourself. And remember this, comparison is the thief of joy. God created you to have joy, not comparison. There's only one of you that God created for a reason. No two human beings have ever been the same, nor will they ever be the same. God set it up that way. You're unique. You're special to him, period. Don't compare. Don't compare. All right. So now we've kind of identified a few things that could potentially cause us to burn out or kind of a road toward burnout. What do we do about it? What do we do about it? Let me share with you three things that I think can help us today avoid burnout. Rest, refueling, and real encounters with God. Let me say that again. Rest, refueling, and real encounters with God. Let's talk about rest. You know, our bodies are designed for rest. In fact, for most of us, just sleep alone, we're going to spend about a third of our life sleeping. But guess what? That's okay. That's by design. God made you that way. He made me that way. He made us to need sleep. He made us to need rest. And for a believer, rest always starts with, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you accept him as your savior, if you're saying, I want to follow Jesus, the number one element of all of our rest is the Sabbath. You see, the Sabbath is a day of rest. God himself, in Genesis says, rested on the seventh day. If rest is a good idea for God, it's a good idea for you and me. Okay? God commanded us to rest. He commanded us to rest. You see, our our bodies need rest. And he commanded it, and it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. This is what it says. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The word holy, by the way, just means set apart. That's That's what the word holy means, set apart. And Jesus gave further clarification to this in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when he said the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So God gave us the Sabbath because he knew we were going to need to rest and he knew we were going to need time with him, right? Now, is the Sabbath the only day you can spend time with God? 
God? I hope not. But it certainly should be part of your Sabbath when you're spending time with God. Because Jesus was trying to tell us that, look, spending your Sabbath means spending time with God, not doing something else. In fact, back in the old law, you literally couldn't do anything else. You couldn't work. You couldn't feed your donkey. You could, I mean, you literally could not do anything. Okay, well, it's, we, we've evolved a little bit since then in terms of you know, we have a new covenant we're living under now. Okay, um, so, so, but the Sabbath never went away. By the, and by the way, the Ten Commandments never went away, right? Just because we're in a new covenant, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill all the commandments. I've come to bring everything to completion. So the Ten Commandments are still very much in play, just, just to be really clear. And one of those commandments is we shall keep a Sabbath holy. To avoid burnout, my friends, we need to have a Sabbath day. It's got, in the scripture, it's called a Sabbath day of rest. That's actually how it's described. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, for many people, typically the Sabbath is on a Sunday, Right? Because that's when most people go to church. Yes, some go Saturdays, got all that. But typically, for most people, the Sabbath is Sunday. But let me say this, going to church shouldn't be just another thing you do. Let me say it again. Going to church isn't another thing on your list. Something just to check off. Oh, I went to church today. Let me tell you the purpose of going to church. The purpose of going to church is to hear God's word to be encouraged by other believers, and to serve in his house as we serve one another. That's why we go to church. It's not a social club. It's not a, hey, just come in and feel good. No, there's very specific reasons why we show up here every Sunday. That's why we come. We come to hear God's word, to get instruction for our life. We come to find encouragement from each other. The book of Hebrews is full of scriptures that talk about how important it is that we encourage one another, that we do this life together. Okay? So important. And it provides an opportunity for us to serve others. Jesus said, I have come not to be served, but to serve. Jesus said that himself, and he taught that very powerfully at the Last Supper when he washed his disciples' feet. He was showing them what it looked like to serve. Service is so important. And you see, these are the things, the things I just mentioned, those are the things that will actually bring rest to your soul. Those things. And what is your soul? We talked about this, I think, in week one or two. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Is there anybody here that needs some rest for your mind, your will, and your emotion? Come on. Do you need some rest for that? Do you need some rest? If you do, keeping a Sabbath, coming to church will help with that. I promise. I don't promise. Actually, God promises. You don't even have to take my word for it. Okay? It's in the book. Okay? It's in the book. Now, I said for a believer, keeping a Sabbath, having a Sabbath day of rest is huge. Now, there are some other ways, though, that we can rest. Besides that, right? And this is where it's going to get a little individualized, maybe for each person. Rest for you might look a little different than rest for me. But it might look some, something like this. 
if you normally use your mind all the time, like you have a job that's very mind intensive, you're just, you're having to think, you're, you know, all the time, that's your job, or that's what you do a lot of. Well, then you might want to engage your body, right? You might want to give your mind a break for a minute, and then use your body. What is that like? Running, working out. Who's, who's all my workout people here? Jojo, who else, who else likes to work out? Yeah. So if, yeah, in the back there. So if you're, if you're tired in your body or in your mind, I'm sorry, working your body is a great way to rest your mind, right? On the other hand, let's say that you work a lot with physical. You're, you're physically, you know, working a lot. And might, this might even be, by the way, you know, where are my mom's in the house? Uh, y'all work hard. <laughs> I, I know you do, okay? So even, even if you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever, whatever you're doing, hey, that's work. I mean, to me, that's, that's mental and physical, but you guys know that better than me. But let's say you have a physical job or you're using your body a lot. Well, then when you rest your body, engage your mind, right? Keep your mind engaged. What does that look like? Reading a good book. Uh, having a spa day. I mean, what, whatever that looks like for you to engage your mind, having lunch with a friend and just, just talking about things. Uh, you know, someone that can give you good uh, advice, uh, a good Christian friend who's going to keep you encouraged in the word. That's how you engage your mind. Remember this. Rest is not about doing nothing. And many times, if we're honest, that's what we view rest as. I'm just going to do nothing. Well, that's not really healthy. And the reason it's not healthy is, what does our enemy like to attack? Our mind. If we don't keep engaging, I'm not saying running around on the hamster wheel. That's what I'm talking about. Talking about resting the way God says to rest. Okay? Very, very important. We need to make room for rest in our lives. We need to make room for rest in our lives. The second way we can help avoid burnout is to refuel. Refuel. You know, I have two full-time jobs. <laughs> One is pastoring with Pastor Karen, and we love that. And I don't even look at it as a job. It's more of a calling. Um, but also, uh, full-time, you know, uh, realtor. We own a real estate company. So I've, you know, got a lot on my plate, like many of you. Uh, but for me... I have to have both my mind and my body a lot, right? Both of those things are going. And one of the things that I do to refuel is morning walks. Man, I can't tell you how important those morning walks are to me, not just for my body, but for my mind. During those walks, if I told you how many sermon ideas and series have come on those walks, more than 90%. More than 90% of any sermon that God gives me or something he downloads into my heart is either formulated on those walks or reinforced during my walking time. Those walks are life for me. They are fuel. They are fuel for me. Because they're actually both resting and refueling at the same time. And maybe you have similar things that you do that help you refuel. Now, the other thing we we should be thinking about when it comes to fueling up is is our bodies, right? I mean, God said our body is a temple. We ought to take care of it. And one of the things that we can do there is nutrition. How many, how many nutrition people I have in the house, you know, that are, that you understand the value of nutrition, of putting 
you know, food into your body and how that impacts how you feel. Now, for me, proper nutrition is, is tough because a lot of my jobs, both of them, I'm going to appointments, I'm showing houses, I'm going to meet with people. I'm in my car a lot. Well, guess what happens when I'm in my car a lot? Come on now. Fast food Freddy, here we go. Right? Come on now. I mean, that's, it's, it's reality. It's a, it's a reality for me in my nutrition. And far too often I, I you know, am fast food ready. I mean, I'm grabbing it, doing what I got to do on the go. But here's what I'm learning. I'm learning to try and have more control over my schedule so that I have more control over my nutrition. So that I can plan meals and eat them at home. Or, you know, so I'm, I'm learning how to do that more and more. And it's a noticeable difference, right? In terms of I, I can tell when I've eaten a good meal and when I've eaten a not-so-good meal, right? I mean, my, my body feels it. So one of the ways we can avoid burnout is by taking care of our temple, taking care of our body through proper nutrition. The other thing we can do with our bodies is we can get the right amount of sleep. Do you know that sleep is one of the most important factors to good health? It's been medically proven, and guess what? God already knew that, and that's why he gives us a third of our life to do that, Right? Realistically, God knew, God knew we needed sleep, but sleep is huge. And so many of us are trying to shortcut sleep with Red Bull. We're trying to shortcut sleep, shortcut sleep with 18 cups of coffee a day. Come on now. At some point, we've got to recognize that the sleep our body needs is going to do far more good for us than the shortcuts. Now, does that mean you never have a Red Bull or you, know, you never have that afternoon cup of coffee? Hey, come on. Realistically, yeah. It's going to happen. But what, what, what we need to do is we need to listen to our body. Now, some people might need five or six hours of sleep. Great. If that's you and your body, great. On average, most adults need about seven and a half to eight hours, though, right? So think about your planning. Think about the sleep you're getting. Because, and the reason I'm saying this also, not only is it true, but if you remember from the very beginning what we said about mental health and all of these issues is we were always going to be taking a holistic approach. And that just means God's always the center. God's always the ultimate solution and help for every mental issue as well as everything else in our life. But what we eat matters Seeing the right counselor matters. There's sometimes we need to get a medication for different. Hey, we're going to always take this holistic approach because God can use all kinds of things and people and ways to help heal us, right? Remember that. And this is just yet another example as we talk about burnout today. What you put in your body, how much sleep you get, super, super important. Now, the, the last thing I want to talk about, about how to avoid burnout, is having real encounters with God. Let me just say this, that I saved the best for last. Because by far, this is the most important thing that we can do to help avoid burnout. Because I've described it this way to, to many people over the years. You see, God's the fuel for everything else. God is the fuel for everything else in your life. Whether you're having highs, lows, disappointment, happiness, how do we get through all these other demands? God provides fuel for that. He provides, he, he provides what none of those other things can do, right? 
He provides what none of those other things can do. And so that's why I say our encounters with God are the most important thing that we can do and you can do if you want to avoid burnout. What does that look like? What does that look like? Well, I'm always going to encourage people to, to pray, to spend some time in God's word. Uh, absolutely. But there's also some very practical things we can do. You know, just like we listed practical things about rest and practical things about uh, refueling, this last one is also very practical and very much something you and I can do. It doesn't take a seminary degree. It doesn't take, no, these are things that we all can do and should be doing. So what, the, what it looks like is things like this. You're in the car, you're driving around. Hey, you turn down the radio for a minute. You start talking to God, just like you would, you know, your friend. Hey God, this is what's going on in my life. These are the competing demands I'm struggling with. Will you help me? Will you give me some discernment, some wisdom? Other times, like me for me, I usually start the other way around. Like I'll, I'll start with worship music and kind of let that soak into my heart and mind. And then I'll turn the worship music down for a minute. And then I'll start talking to God. This is what I'm thinking. This is, you know, tell me what you're thinking, right? And the, the, the thing about a conversation, let me, let me ask you this. So if a friend of yours just only called you every time there was a problem, does anyone have those friends, by the way? besides me. I mean, the only time you ever hear from them is when something's wrong. Anybody have those friends? Like, you don't have to raise your hand. Now. Okay. But, uh, we all have them. At some point in your life, you've either had them, you got them now, or you're going to have them in the future. Okay. I guarantee we're like that sometimes with God. Come on now. We look at God oftentimes as a last resort instead of a first response. And we try everything else. We run around on the hamster wheel. We think we can do it on our own. We're doing all these other things. And that's why a lot of times we get burnt out because we didn't get the most important thing first, which is let's get God involved in this situation, right? And so not only that, but why do we only talk to God when something's wrong? Think about that for a minute. Why do we only go to him when something's wrong? We've done that before. I've done that before. No, God wants to hear from you every day. He wants to hear from you on your greatest day. He wants to hear from you when nothing is wrong in your life. So what does that look like? God, right now, gosh, I don't have any major stuff going on, but let me just talk to you. Let me, uh, this is what I'm thinking for my life because there's always something that's going on in our life, whether it's good, not so good, in the middle, right? There's always something for us to talk to God about. So let's talk to him all the time, right? Those encounters, those encounters are so important because they keep us close to the heart of God. And that is what we need more than anything else in this world to avoid burnout. We need to be close to the heart of God. And, and the reason for that is simply this. When we encounter God and we have these encounters, and again, these encounters could be anything. It could be in your living room. You could be changing diapers. You could be in a car. You could be in a How many people have shower time with God? Hey, a lot, lot, of, lot of people I know talk to God in the shower all the time. Like I'm doing all my walks, you do it in the shower. 
Hey, you can encounter God anywhere, anytime. But here's why it's so important that we keep that encounter. Because when we encounter God, when we have real meaningful encounters, God not only shapes us, but he sustains us. You see, that's what's going on. He's shaping you. As you spend time with him, you're starting to learn to think more like he thinks. As the key to all of that, and Pastor Karen reminded me about this, is listening. That is the key. We can talk. How many people know good communication is both what? Speaking and? And what all good communication experts say? We should listen twice as much as we speak. I would say put that to the test with God. Do you listen twice as much as you speak? I don't all the time, for sure. We're so anxious to tell God what we want him to do, how we want him. God, will you, will you, will you, will you? Book of Philippians says, actually, the way to start with God is to thank him. Oh, by the way, God, before we start, I just want to thank you. You're so good. You love me so much. I love you so much. You are so good to me. And because you're so good to me, I know I can come to you with all my stuff. And yeah, you might ask for a thing or two. God revealed this to me just in my own thinking, and I've seen it play out in my life. Just Let me just tell you about prayer. I believe, and I believe this with all my heart, and, and the more I'm on the planet, the more I experience it myself, the more I believe it. The purpose of prayer is to allow God to change your mind, not to change his. I want you to hear that. The main purpose of prayer, I'm not saying we shouldn't ask for healing. That's all there. But the main purpose of prayer is to let God shape your mind, to let you see things the way he does. We only do that when we can listen. Axel, if, you, if you'll come. So when you take that attitude toward prayer, it changes. It changes the way you pray. It changes the way you receive what God has for you because you begin to see that the real purposes are God's purposes, not yours. They're his purposes. His plans is what he says. And what does God say in Romans? He says that if what you're at, I'll work everything out for you, everything, as long as you keep my purposes first. That's what Romans 8.28 means in a nutshell. It says, I, I'm gonna, I know God knows about the demands on your time. He knows about them. Trust me. He knows every hair on your head. It's numbered. Okay, he knows. He knows the other things going on in your life. And Matthew 6.33 reminds us that when we put God first, he'll help you with all the rest. That is the most important reason why these encounters with God are the very best thing that we can do to avoid burnout. Because they give us the right attitude, the right posture about things, the right perspective about what it really means to live a life of purpose that God's called us to live. Let me just show you what listening also looks like because sometimes listening means we just kind of quiet everything else going on. Remember a few weeks ago, 
we studied the story of Elijah, right? And how he had literally been beaten down and how he got back up. But toward the end of that story, this is what it said when Elijah needed to hear from God in what God was wanting to share with him. This is what Elijah did. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 13. And this is what it said. So the angel said, go and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by and a strong wind tore through the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, the earth shook, but the Lord was not in the shaking of the earth. And after the earth shook, a fire came, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a sound of gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he put his coat over his face and he went out and stood at the opening of the hole. That hole was actually a cave. You see, sometimes we just need to get alone and listen for the whisper. My experience is God is normally not a shouter. Every once in a while, every once in a while. But most of the time, that still small voice that you hear, that's actually God. But if we get so busy, we can miss it. When we get so busy with the other demands of life, and we're headed toward burnout, we can miss that still small voice. And yet, it's that voice that can prevent the burnout to begin with. That's why our encounters with God are so, so important. You see, God is always, always available. He is always with us. All we have to do is make time for him. And he is faithful. Luciana mentioned it. He's faithful. Your God is faithful. My God is faithful. He will show up. He will speak to you. I promise. All we have to do is listen. So my friend, in order to burn out, we need to rest. We need to honor the Sabbath and spend some time with God and his people. We need to let go of the things in our lives that don't have eternal impact. Hear that. You're going to have to let go of some things in your life that don't have an eternal impact. So that we can be freed up to spend the time on things that do. You only have 24 hours in a day. You only have so many years on the planet that God's going to give you. Spend them on things that matter things that have an eternal impact. My friends, we need to refuel. It means we need to spend time with God. May mean we need more sleep. Might mean we need to watch what we put in our body in terms of food. And most importantly, we need real time and real encounters with God. And we do that by shutting out the noise, the other things going on, the distractions so that we can have some time alone with God. And we speak to him and then we listen. We speak and then we listen. Get in that habit, that pattern. Speak and then listen. Speak and then listen. You will be amazed at the things that God shows you. Jeremiah 33.3, my bride brought it up a couple weeks ago. God said, if you will listen, I will show you things that you don't even know about. But that requires us to listen. God will show you things that you could never, ever have come up with on your own. 
And I want to remind you, you're not in this alone. You don't have to fill every moment of every day with something. Just fill it with God. Fill your day with God. Let his presence in your life be all that you really need. Let me show you some examples of that. When you're tired, go look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. When you need encouragement because you're discouraged, well, Psalm 126, 5 is probably a great scripture for you to go to. And if you're wanting to know about the hope that God has for you, go to Jeremiah 29, 11. If you're in a dark place in your life, there's light that's found in John chapter 1, verse 5. And if you want to always remember that God is close to you, just turn to Proverbs 18, 24. And my friends, when you're brokenhearted, when you're brokenhearted, when your heart is breaking and you need healing, Psalm 147.3 is your answer. When we're weak and we need strength, 2 Corinthians 12.9. Do you see the power of God's word? He knows everything that we need. Every provision that you need in life, every answer that you need is found in his word. So my friends, to avoid burnout in life, let's learn to rest. Let's learn to refuel. And let's learn to have real encounters with God. Will you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you for what you've shown us over these last six weeks, your grace and your love and your mercy. And Father, that you do care, that you do care about every part of our life. Thank you, God. Thank you that you care about our mental health. Thank you that you want our soul healthy as well as our body. God, we thank you. And we're so grateful for the love that you give to us, that you show us in every aspect of our life. Jesus said that we are now to be the light of the world. So, God, will you help us be that light by not burning out? Will you keep our flame strong and bright through the power of your Holy Spirit, through the encouragement that you bring us and also the encouragement that we bring one another? And, Father, may you help us to learn how to truly rest in you. May you show us how to refuel. And Father, will you, will you meet us where we are and shape us and sustain us in all that we need. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. If you'll just keep every eye closed and every head bowed, I'd like to just ask, maybe there's somebody here today. You're tired of trying things on your own. You're you're tired of living isolated. You're tired of, of the burnout that the world is bringing. And what you're really looking for and ready for today now is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. You're ready for the lasting answer for both your hopes and your hurts. And if that's you today, and you want to accept Jesus and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. It's really very simple. It's just 
no magic words. It's a very simple prayer. And I would ask you to, to join me in that prayer in just a moment. And also, anyone here who has already accepted Jesus, a fellow believer, Will you just pray this with us as well in, in support of those that may be doing this for the first time? Or maybe you accepted Jesus a long time ago, but you, you just need and want to renew and refresh that commitment today. So if everyone would just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.